0: This is the Podcast.
1: 2020, the year where pop culture stood still. It produced very few things. Despite everything being shut down or delayed, Disney did not disappoint with this country western in space. John Favreau, Ludwig Gorenson, and the eyeball popped guy from Game of Thrones, oh, and more baby Yoda. Today we are discussing Mandalorian Season 2. Welcome to Drink In, Geek Out—a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host Dustin, and alongside me is I
0: am your co-host Saf. and along with me is
1: and I'm Keith, and no one else is beside me because Pale's not here. Poor Pale, let's drink one for Pale. Papa Pale, <laughs> busy tonight. <laughs> yep, being Papa Pale. Uh, today's episode is featuring the Quaffons Java the Red Coffee Red Ale, and we are talking about the Mandalorian. Season dose. Hey, guys. Speaking of beer, do you guys like having beer delivered to your front door? I love it. I do. that would be nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's very convenient. <laughs> of course we all do. So we all need to check out shop.chapmansbrewing.com, and you can get delicious local craft beer delivered right to your hands. Plus, you can get 15% off if you use the promo code DIGO15. That's D-I-G-O and the number 15. five. Deliveries are made Monday through Saturday, and you get your beer delivered the same day, as long as you order before 3 p.m. Hey, Keith, how much uh, how much does shipping cost? Uh, shipping's free. Doy. Oh, hell yeah. They send it right to your house. You don't have to pay a cent for shipping. You still have to pay for the beer, obviously. And also, you should tip your driver, too, because they're driving loads of space, distance. I, I'm not actually sure where they're based out of, but... Wherever they are shipping their beer from, those drivers, they're driving all over town to make sure that you have delicious craft beer right on your front door in a timely
1: manner. Do you tip your bartender? Of course. So why wouldn't you tip your driver? Exactly.
0: So if you're in the north, northeast, they go from like Michigan down to Marion and over to Warsaw, anywhere in that little corner
2: of Indiana, get yourself some Chapman's. Absolutely. They got some great things going on. You could do a Friday club, recurring beer delivery every Friday to your door. They have this awesome roulette club going on. You can get the newest roulette series beer delivered once a month, the day before it goes on tap at the brewery. Um, And they also have some awesome pre-order for their new Vaunted series coming out, which I did order. And I'm very excited to have some of that bourbon barrel aged stuff to be delivered, I think, Thursday as of this recording. Ooh, It should be here before the public gets it. On draft. So use this code. Check it out. The discount works for merchandise, kegs, accessories, cans, growlers, glasses. I did order a glassware. I got a nice little snifter glass that I ordered because I don't own any of those. Um, <laughs> so I get a little Chapman's one to go with my bourbon barrel aged beer. So I'm super excited for that. Nice. But check it out. What was that code again? Oh, that would be Digo15. D-I-G-O-1-5. Shop.ChapmansBrewing.com.
1: All right, so the beer in front of us on this lovely episode is from Coif On, and we've have we yeah, we've discussed Quaff On before.
0: I can't think of a beer that we've actually reviewed on the show from them.
1: Yeah, I remember like saying one of the beers that I had been drinking was uh, the combination of the peanut butter busted knuckle and the strawberry six-foot blonde, but mm-hmm. I don't think we actually revealed anything on them.
2: I know we've been to several tastings together down in Indy. I think everyone I've been mm-hmm. to, they, they're they there, and I've had most of their beers. Right.
0: And any Big Woods restaurant is owned by them, so they got a great selection of Quaffon at those Big Woods, Big Woods'es.
1: Um, all right, well, just in case we haven't had them on, uh, be f- a brief little thing about them. Quaff uh, uh, is a verb, pronounced k w o f quaff uh, to drink heartily and with gusto is what it means. Uh, at Quaffon Brewing Company, gusto is a part of everything we do. Our craft beers uh, reflect our passion for the brewer's art and our commitment to the beers that excite and delight the quaffer's palate. There's more, but we're not going to get into too much of it. I
0: can confirm that the busted knuckle was reviewed by Dustin and Allison on episode 151, the X people episode.
1: Nice. Yeah, there we go. That's something. Uh, the, and the brewery is out of Bloomington, but we have a couple locations. As you said, there's uh, Big Woods. Uh, so that's where we pretty much get our coif fixes. Yeah, there's like
2: five or six of those now, I think.
1: Yep. You can get it from there. And liquor stores around us. And apparently around Keith, too.
2: Yeah. they They do have it in grocery stores. And some of the liquor stores around here, they have more of their... Available ones. They're um seasonal beers, Mm -hmm. as this
1: one is. Right. And so this one is the Java the Red. Uh six percent A B V fifteen IBUs, which is going to be the Spider Man first appearance, amazing fantasy number fifteen.
0: That's amazing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Java the Red is a coffee-infused amber slash red ale. Caramel malts and roasted barley blend with the added coffee to create a complex but smooth flavor.
0: The bottle, because we've actually got bottles instead of cans for like the first time in I know however long, long time. It's a twelve ounce bottle. It's got a like a brownish label sticker on there mm-hmm. with um. I don't know. He kind of looks like a Mandalorian to me, but I think it's like a coffee bean with a helmet or something.
1: Yeah, I wasn't too sure what it was, but definitely does look like the Mandalorian mask <laughs> for sure.
0: And then on the side of the bottle, if you flip it sideways, it says "Quaff On Java the Red is a classic red ale infused with coffee, making it a delightful companion for your winter adventures here in May.
1: It doesn't say in May,
2: but <laughs> we are in May. May. Hey. Here in Fort Wayne, at least, we had a couple inches of snow on the ground snow a few days storm. Ago, so. <laughs> Yeah, we did too. Ugh.
1: Yeah, we for sure did, yeah.
2: A huge branch break out of my tree. Yikes.
0: Taking up half the yard. Um, the beer, let's talk about the color first, I, I suppose. I hope it's red. It's hard to tell in my lighting here. Well, yours is, is better uh, than mine.
2: <laughs> I added more light to my room and everything is still dark. Yeah,
1: it's it's like a I'm little drinking uh, there's some red to it, of course. Yeah, a little red. Uh, yeah, but it, it reminds me more of like an amber than anything. Yeah. Which makes sense because the description said pretty
0: dark, but that's because my room is dark. I think it,
1: out in the kitchen it was a lot lighter looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so according to our list, what do you have?
0: Um, I'm going to say like around a 20, but that's yeah. just from my perspective.
1: I was thinking that range too, the 19 to the 21. Yeah, I agree. So the right. dog from Duck Hunt. Do we know do we know his name?
0: It's in Smash Brothers it's just the Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt I think. <laughs> duck Hunt. Dog. He's a little bitch, He's I know that.
2: Some bitch laughing. He's got the a all laugh. time. <laughs> he has a
1: So it's pretty clear. Yeah. I would say I don't know the difference between like sea storm, brilliant and uh predator clear, but I do have some bubbles in there, so probably closer to the predator clear.
0: The predator,
1: predator, predator.
0: I agree, and there I do have a little layer of head on mine.
1: Yeah, it was very, but it's
0: not a ton. It's just like a light layer over the top.
2: Yeah, mine was pretty light. It didn't last very long. Um,
0: I was shaking mine up to get ready for the sniffer. I think so. It's like a, it's like the skin on top of I don't know gravy. Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i know what you mean it's like that's a perfect <laughs> example
1: yeah we don't even have to say goomba we got the head of gravy <laughs>
0: uh, carbonation it's it's in there yeah it's more definitely the see the bubbles yeah, man,
1: for sure it's got to be very slow
0: yeah mm-hmm. now let's smell it Ooh, sniffs mm,
1: it's, it's got a lot of that flat coffee smell yeah
0: yeah some uh, of the red ale like the traditional ale smell comes through but mostly I get the coffee
1: yeah yeah it definitely smells like I left a pot on
0: <laughs> yeah it's been sitting there all day <laughs> how strong is the smell it's pretty strong it doesn't fill the
2: room yeah right but I can it's, smell it it's from it's pungent. the table
1: it's definitely closer to the the Hulk side than the banner side yeah mm-hmm. agreed so maybe Hulk from the uh, end game where he's just the Hulk and banner
0: yeah. <laughs> <It's like laughs> Professor Hawk or whatever he's called. Yeah. <laughs> it's Doctor not angry, but it it's it's beefed up. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh from the smell, I I can't I can't really smell anything other than I don't know, nutty and sweet, maybe, you know, coffee flavor. We don't really have a whole lot. Yeah. Probably Andy's toy would be like the closest thing that I yeah. smell. Kind of woody.
0: Yeah. It's not re- it's like not it's like Kind of burns the nostrils, but it, I wouldn't say it's spicy. It's just the the coffee smell.
1: Yeah. So I don't. It's not. Woody is not. Is doesn't do it justice because there's. Yeah.
2: There's so much happening there. It's hard to describe.
1: It's more malty, like anything. Like it's very mm-hmm. like you don't really smell the hops. The smells that you get are the, the the malts.
2: Yeah, the hops
0: usually come into play more in IPAs and mm-hmm. with like this type of beer, you're going to get more malts and esters. So it's like kind of toasty and caramelly. Mm-hmm. It's
2: like sitting More at a roasty. at a wood table in a coffee shop, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: which you know kind of gets down to the next section of malts would be kind of you know bready for Wonder Woman, caramel. We don't have anything for that. Uh, roasty, the Human Torch, Janeway's drink for coffee. Yeah, know. for sure. There's a Whole lot of malty smells in this this bottle. Can't really think of any esters to go with it.
0: No. Nope. Not in this one. Maybe, maybe when we taste it, we'll get more, more ideas. Hopefully, let's try that now. Mm. Hmm. So good.
1: It's a lot smoother than I was anticipating.
0: You haven't had? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Very malty.
1: (laughs) For the first, for the first time, I bought a four pack, and this is my first one open. Uh, Yeah, that's
0: not. Keith and I were saying how we only have like one or two left, so
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had to try it the other day day after I popped it open. I laid some mulch outside, and I'm like, you know what? I
1: don't care if this is a winter beer. I'm going to drink this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't put a whole lot of stock in winter beers versus... No. Yeah. I just am able to enjoy the fact that more people are putting stouts out because it's winter beer, but I don't put a whole lot of stock into it.
0: Um, Usually, the higher ABV is what I would say is a winter, because that warms you up a little bit more, so you want something that won't dehydrate you, I guess, in the summer, but this... Is pretty light and um, uh, easily
2: drank, drunk, 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 drink, drink, yeah. drink, drink drunk, drunk.
1: <laughs> a whole lot of drink, drink.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised how light it is. You're right. Yeah, not really getting alcohol, too much flavor of alcohol.
1: Not at all. Not really. I wouldn't say at all. No. But there's some, but not a whole lot. Yeah, it's definitely on
0: the mild side. Tyrone, the <laughs>
1: Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion. I'll cor- I know. I'll correct it before Pale gets upset.
0: <laughs> well, Pale always says the he's, things wrong that he doesn't know, so I'll yeah. say the wrong things, <laughs> say the things. wrong that I don't know. That's fair. Um, not too many. Mi- I'm not. I couldn't tell you what kind of hops they used in this bad boy. Nope. Woody. <laughs> Woody. Yeah. But that just might be the roastiness of the malt. Yeah, so that's pretty much what it is. Bring to mind the uh, wood. Mm-hmm. So the hop bitterness is definitely restrained. Yeah. Yep. It's got a coffee bitterness, but I wouldn't say that's due to the hops. I would say that's due to the coffee.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. an angel. <laughs> Did you come from heaven? You're an angel. <laughs> you're you're a phantom menace. <laughs> but the phantom menace was who is the phantom menace? <laughs> the phantom menace is uh, Darth, Maul? Darth Maul. No. No, it's not.
0: Darth Plagueis.
1: Yes. The Emperor's the phantom menace. That yes, that makes sense. Jesus, guys! <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's a Star Wars episode out. or anything. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I literally found that out like not too long ago. I was watching a video and they, you know, said something about. It. I was like, "Oh, fuck, he's right." Yeah, because oh. he's kind of
0: pulling the strings behind the scenes. Yeah. He's a phantom.
1: All right, um, malts for the pretty much everything we we said. Yeah, nothing the really changed. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Getting any smokiness? Maybe a hint. But
1: that's really the I think that's, yeah, the roastiness. Mark. Yeah, roasty. So Human Torch, Janeway's drink still. More back to the like the powdered toast man for the toasty. Yeah. Well, not as much bready. I don't think bready is where I'm going with this, but more of like a toasted for sure. Yeah. Oh, this next mouthfeel category is pretty fitting
0: for this episode.
2: Oh my gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> is it a Grogu, a, M- <laughs> a Mando, or a Jabba?
1: <laughs> Honestly, it's probably as full body as you're going to get. So you're a Java, from in my opinion. There's a lot going on. Yeah, it could be a medium roast coffee, but it's full flavor. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I tried. Tried to make a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I was
0: somebody (laughs) was sneaking up on me, so I was distracted. Think the carbonate pretty light. uh,
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, pretty faint from. Yeah, when it comes to the mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's not like jumping off the tongue. Not at all. Yeah.
1: The finish, though.
0: I'm, I'm leaning towards the Snyder cut. I'm, th- I'm thinking that too, because I can still taste the coffee and it's been, uh, yeah, it's been over 30 seconds since yeah. I last taken a drink and it's working its way towards the it. It
1: sticks with you for sure. Right. It's, yeah, I'm going to feel like I'm going to be tasting this beer the entire episode. <laughs> Definitely going to need a pretzel or so right, in between. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get a second one. <laughs> then I'll get a pretzel. I do have more. Yeah. Um. And for the balance of the fin- uh, how it finishes, it's definitely closer to the Heisenberg than the Walter White. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's not terribly bitter, but it's bitter. Oh, yeah, from it's coffee.
0: kind of middle, middle, mid-season, middle Heisenberg. We got to break that <laughs> yeah. down by seasons.
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: May season three, maybe. Sure. I'll take your word for it. He just shaved his head and put on that hat. I think he does that in like the first season. Yeah, though. he does. <laughs> it's
2: not too far from the white tighties. Yeah, he shaved his head real quick.
1: All right, so there's 2,159 total check-ins, 1,869 uh, 1, unique check-ins. Unique. Uh, averaging 3.88 bottle caps. These pictures pretty much look like ours, so that's nice.
2: We have uh, Nathan T. that says, tastes much more like a red ale than anything coffee-infused. I'm uh, not sure how he did not get any coffee in that at all. Yeah, that's crazy. Dang, Kevin. Oh, I was just to say, Kevin gave it a five. He didn't say anything, but I'm like, dang.
0: I've got a friend named Black Yoda that said, solid, don't need much, but he didn't uh, give the score. I just wanted to throw my friend out there because <laughs>
1: he had a Yoda name. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've, I have a couple of friends who checked it in. I'm not including you guys in this at all. Uh, James R. said he's drinking it there at the Big Woods. Uh, good beer. Not getting any coffee. Might because of that roasty Irish stout I just finished. So remember this here, kids. The beer that you drink before has an effect on what you're drinking yes, now. Yes, it does. Yeah, you cleanse your palate, please. Uh, Mr. v 6 says, wow, that's pretty good. Has a nice coffee aroma. It's a little light and malty with a hint of coffee flavor. He gave it a four. And then Dustin Woods uh, from the Barrel Chat gave it a three seventy
2: five. Oh, here's a fun one. Mister Drunkface M or Doctor Drunkface M says, "Not sure why I opened this. Get it right. I'm tired as fuck right now. Well, I'm gonna hang in there and finish it. Fuck it all. Drinking this makes me wonder why the fuck more breweries aren't doing this style. Works really well. Malty Jeez. caramel blended with coffee." fucking a he gave it a 3.70 so he must be a yeah he's got the fancy banner like dustin
1: Who supporter eh, but that doctor needs his mouth he washed does out a sleep. lot of f-bombs in that Yep. uh more of these please a four
2: nice coffee notes ton of coffee flavor great nose smooth on the palate pretty complex purchased at kroger
1: good to know tastes like cold brew wife approved says joshua um Mr. Drunk Face M has another post has <laughs> multiples? I thought it was Doctor. It was Doctor. Oh yeah, Doctor. With the Beatles
2: in the background? That's the one you posted on. Yeah, but this one
1: has a uh has the centipede people oh. as the image. Uh I'm trying to see if it's any different. Actually it is. Alright. You had another style that I don't know why more breweries aren't doing. I'm telling you, coffee works with all styles of beer. Take a decent <laughs> typical anything and throw coffee in it. Way fucking better. Great caramel, maltiness, kick up with the medium roast coffee, and then he has the centipede man image as the uh, the post. It is cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this this troll, I love it. Holy coffee, Batman. <laughs> Gave it a, it's not his thing. Then why'd you rate it, you dickhole? <laughs> <laughs> 275. Not my thing, but I, I still drink it. All right. All right. I am... I think I'm ready. I'm tired of some of these comments ready.
0: I checked it in at a 3.75, and I said the coffee notes blend well with the standard red flavor. And I could see this jumping up to a 4 on a good day. It's a pretty solid beer. I think there is some... I think maybe the fact that it lingers, the flavor lingers a little too long. I feel like I need to brush my teeth after like 10 minutes because I'm still tasting this beer, yeah. but... Uh, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a pretty good flavor. The red is really standard. Uh, it, it's nothing special with that part, but
2: the coffee really adds a nice touch to it. I gave it a four. I said on my original post great coffee flavor to this red ale. With added roasty malts, this beer is quite delicious, smooth, and easy drinking. I really like red ales. I feel like we don't have a lot of them out there. And I know we did our red turn of the Jedi PA with, uh, with Bird Boy back in the day. And I'm like, man, I really like these red styles. And I know Summit City has one one style that's like that. But it's been a while to really get some of these red ales. And then to add coffee, and you guys know I love coffee added to my beer. Mm-hmm. So that definitely was a saving grace. I like that lingering effect. It's like same thing when I drink coffee every morning coffee breath stays with me forever, so I know that (laughs) this is going to linger as well. And it was great as I was... um, I can easily grab one of these out of the fridge. Light, easy drinking. Could easily put down a quick four-pack on Mm -hmm. an evening and not, you know, regret it. I'm just curious to see how much coffee and caffeine leak out into it, because I know sometimes that can happen with Mm -hmm. with the caffeine, so I don't know what type of coffee they used, the type of beans, anything else. Yeah,
0: That would be nice to know.
2: So... Because I know like Summit City, they always say local coffee house here in Fort Wayne. So they reach out to these other coffee companies and really try to promote them. So I don't know. I'm curious to see like what they really use there. Didn't come out, but I love it. I like it.
1: I'll drink a lot. I'm probably going to stop and get some more. Yeah. Uh, Usually they do uh, local places. So maybe local Bloomington coffee. Because I know like... Uh, Gugman's and other places use like Tinker Coffee, uh, which is like a local down south of Indy type of thing. Uh, anyways, back to this beer. Myself, I gave it a three seventy five. Um, I, I I try to pretend I like coffee, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I drink it. I. It's just one of those things where you've acquired the taste. And since I haven't been back in the office, I haven't been making coffee. And so, therefore, I kind of feel like I'm losing touch Ugh. on the drinking of the coffee. I drink a lot of energy drinks instead, which are really bad for me. But uh whatever. I like reds. I can't argue with reds, right? You know, I'll take a good red. Uh It's just I think the the smell of it kind of turned me off a little bit. Kind of expecting, you know, like a bold Coffee uh, smell, but it just feels like I, you know, had a, a pot of coffee sitting and it just cooled down. And then I'm like, oh, I gotta drink this. And you're like drinking it cold, cold <laughs> brew, <beers. laughs> right? Because you don't want it's like, cold brew. It. Yeah, no, not even cold brew. Cold brew tastes good. <laughs>
0: it's just yeah, <laughs> just cold coffee that used to be warm.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I will finish this I'm not. I'm not an animal, but I don't know. It's just. Three seventy five still a good score. I don't, yeah. I don't know it's why I'm good. trying to defend it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I get it. Got gave it, and I liked it. I guess we're kind of like nurtured in this culture that if it's not like a four, you know, and a quarter and above, that it's yeah. bad or whatever. I was
2: gonna say we feel really bad mm-hmm. when we give anything lower than a four. But no, I'm right there with you. I would have been like three seventy five, but I really like the coffee in it. That's what helped me, and that's just my style. So I gave it one click higher.
1: Yeah, maybe two years ago. <laughs> I was gonna say last year. But last year I was not in the office either. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Maybe two years ago when I was drinking coffee pretty much every day, maybe this would have been more appealing to me. Uh, but, you know, your tastes change. And not drinking coffee, three or four cups of coffee a day anymore, kind of just changes that for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drinking Geek out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at DrinkingGeekOut.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkAndGeekOut@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show.
1: On to Mando. We're oh,
0: gonna go chapter
1: by chapter. I always try to do like the Mandalorian sound in my head, but then it always turns into Dio's Holy Diver, right? Bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, uh, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> like, yeah, it. not what I want. Chapter nine. This
0: one was called The Marshal. It was directed by John Favreau, who I also I think wrote every episode.
1: Did Dave Filoni help at all, or was he just? Uh, yeah, he
0: he was he was there too. <laughs> he was just <laughs> there for moral support.
2: <laughs> you got it, John.
0: Dave Filoni like the executive producer, and he also I think he was also directing some of the episodes. Uh on this episode the Mandalorian played by Pedro Pascal has been tasked with returning his charge a child named Grogu. Oh, spoiler, spoiler not in this episode. Which we don't learn that yet. Well <laughs> I had to I put all the actors' names next to uh, <laughs> next to their character's names and so next to the child that I put Grogu. Good.
1: Yeah but <laughs> not even Snake. the actor's name. Robot <laughs> He is real Muppet. <laughs>
0: um, to its people, the Jedi. Um, he begins searching for other Mandalorians who he believes can help him find the Jedi and is directed by Palimato, Motto, played by Amy Sedaris to a rumored Mandalorian operating out of Tatooine town, Mos Pelgo. There he is he learns that there is no Mandalorian but is confronted by Marshal Cobb Vant, played by Timothy Oliphant, who wears Mandalorian armor. Vant explains that he freed his town from the control of a mining collective using his armor, which he bought from the Jawas in the desert. The town is now frequently attacked by Krat Dragon. Vant agrees to give the Mandalorian armor back to his people in exchange for help killing the dragon. The Mandalorian arranges an agreement between the villagers of Amas Palgo and local clan of Tuscan Raiders to work together to kill the dragon in exchange for peace between the groups. They lure out the dragon, which is ultimately killed by the Mandalorian. He leaves with Vance's armor, watched by a scarred dun, Boba Fett, dun, played by dun. Tamara Morrison. That was an awesome scene. Who I don't think we know is, is Boba Fett, but I think we all guessed Oba. it.
1: Right when I watched the episode and they pretty much revealed that it's just a, a loser in the armor, I instantly felt like my heart sank. Mm-hmm. Where we had that uh, that charge that was like, "Hey, we're gonna have Boba Fett and Bob Mandalorian back. and then we have Mando, the uh, Mandalorian armor. It's not him. I was like, "Fuck, oh, son <laughs> of a bitch." Yeah, I
0: kind of figured it wasn't gonna be him right off the bat, like that. And I love the reveal of Timothy Oliphant, because he's like, from Justified, mm-hmm. He he's basically the same character, but now in a different <laughs> universe.
2: Yeah, this was a fun episode. I thought it was a good way to start. And
0: it. I like to see in the, the Tuscan Raiders, actually, because they're usually just like background characters on tattooing, and now you actually get to learn a little bit about how that whole tribe, or whatever they're called, works.
2: Yeah, and I feel like this episode really sets the stage, obviously, for everything else, and I think it starts this formula i think gets kind of old throughout mm, yeah. it's like okay i'm here give me this no 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 you gotta do something for me first in this whole exchange back and forth many adventures from episode to episode kind of started here but it was neat to really see boba fett there at the end definitely a nice little cliffhanger keep you wanting more yeah mm-hmm. if you knew who he was there's a lot of people like i didn't know who that guy was at the end Django. <laughs> it's Django. Yeah. same actor cuz he's a clone.
1: Yeah, so I was reading about these uh, this crate dragon and I thought it appeared in a video game, but it only pretty much showed up in Battlefront as a skeleton. Okay. Mm. And then there's many other appearances uh, in other different, you know, media, skeletons or like mentions only. There's a statue in uh, the Jedi Temple. Things like that, and I was reading about it, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that they, there's a script or something about the crate dragon, and th- there used to be there was a concept art for the crate dragon to appear in a new hope. Yes, the, they talk about it on the Disney Plus,
0: uh, well, everything on Disney Plus, but the, there's like a little behind the scenes hour, yeah. or two hour long thing that goes into detail on that and the spider little guys from a upcoming episode or chapter. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, so I thought it was a very good nod to have, like, the pearl uh, of the the dragon uh, be, being, ex- like, pulled out and given to the... Was it the Jawas who got it, or was it the Tuscan Raiders that wanted the pearl? Jawas. Yeah, th- they were all celebrating. Mm-hmm. They were holding it up, like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, this, you know, this episode essentially had, like, the the makings of the country western. Mm-hmm. Who's the baddest yes. motherfucker on the street? Is it the Mando, or is it is it Cobb? Who knows? It's Mando, but... <laughs> right. But, I'm-
0: I mean, he has that sweet jetpack, and then he gets eaten by the dragon, and he, like, mm-hmm. blows him up from the inside.
2: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: That whole, like... I don't... Not, it's not really a fight scene, but that whole taking down the dragon, that, like, last 20 minutes of the episode yep. is really cool. All those people working together and, like, formulating the plan, and he's like... Oh, I. Where'd you find the backup? Oh, I. I said your town would help. <laughs> <laughs> we need everybody. It's kind of like that episode from first season where they he's like on that village and he has to train that whole village to fight the yes. the adat or
2: the mm-hmm. ATST or whatever. All right, moving on to chapter ten, the passenger, directed by Peyton Reed. The Mandalorian agrees to take a frog lady, Misty Rosas, and her eggs from Tatooine to the estuary moon trask where her husband will fertilize the eggs in exchange for information on other Mandalorians. Due to the eggs fragility they must travel at a slow sublight speeds. On their journey they're confronted by X-wing fighters who force the Mandalorian to a nearby icy planet because he is wanted by the New Republic for his role in a prison break. He crash lands on the planet. While the Mandalorian fixes the ship the child stumbles upon numerous eggs inside a cave. Which hatch to reveal a swarm of spider-like creatures, the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian child and passenger are trapped in the Razor Crest, the Mandalorian ship, until the X-wing pilots find them and kill the creatures. They explain that because the Mandalorian helped apprehend his accomplices from the prison break, they will drop the arrest warrant and leave him with a warning. After the Mandalorian, Mandalorian finishes the repairs, the tattered Razor Crest takes off and resumes its journey to Trask. As Baby Yoda, Grogu, eats most of those damn little eggs. <laughs> he eats <that> whole, <laughs> <laughs> all the whole lady's yeah. eggs. That was <laughs> funny. That was pretty funny. These were
0: the spider guys yeah. I was talking about. They were supposed to be on uh, Dagobah? Is that where Yoda lives? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The swampy planet? They were supposed to be a little run in there, but they were like a blue color. And I don't remember John Favreau, Dave Filoni, one of them was like, they're blue. They seem like they should be on the ice planet. So they threw them on, they brought them back out from the uh, drawings and put them in this episode.
1: I feel like Dagobah would be a weird place if they had these little spider things. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: This definitely had uh, brought to mind the alien movies, like the eggs breaking open and Mm -hmm. little creepy crawlies coming out and attacking.
1: And pretty much destroying the ship, just overloading it. Yeah.
0: I like the X-Wings coming to save the day at the end. Yeah, that was nice. Mm -hmm. Arachnophobia. I think one of those... One of the X-wing pilots was Dave Filoni. I don't know if it's this episode or coming up episode.
1: Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So this is one of the one of the episodes that I dog-eared as being one of the probably worthless episodes filler mm-hmm. in the show. Uh, I feel yeah, definitely filler. Worthless, probably a little harsh, but it serves as exposition to get them to Trask, where they run into a nice little. Uh, group of people. And it just this served as a reason to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think the battle with the spider people or what made the episode actually worth watching.
0: hmm I liked watching the little frog lady jump around and like start <laughs> running and she's like in, finds the hot tub and she's like bathing in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was good. Has uh, all her but...
1: all her eggs out, just chilling. <laughs>
0: yeah. She played the pig faced guy in the first season, the like one voice by Nickel, oh, yeah, that character. She did the, the body of that character. Away. So, th- <laughs> yeah, that guy. It's nice that they brought her back because she. I think she does a pretty good job of like bringing these characters to life
1: without actually being able to see her face or anything. Those good old costume actors. Chapter 11 The Heiress. I read that like an audiobook. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> this was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. She did one episode
0: last. Season? I think so. At least one. I,
1: I enjoyed that episode, by the way. And so I, I saw that she directed this one. I was very, very into uh, seeing how it goes. Uh, At Trask, the frog lady reunites with her husband, and they direct the Mandalorian to a local inn where he could find information on other Mandalorians. A fisherman offers to take the Mandalorian to the others, but on board the fishing ship, he is ambushed by fishermen who want to sell his armor. The Mandalorian and the child are rescued by three Mandalorians... Led by Bocatan,
0: what, what? Yes.
1: Uh, which was Katie Sackhoff. She enlists his help in seizing weapons from an Imperial freighter, in exchange for information on the Jedi. After boarding the freighter, Bocatan reveals that their main objective is to capture the ship along with the weapons for their effort to reconquer Mandalore. The Imperial captain is instructed by Moff Gideon Giancarlo Esposito to crash the ship. But his efforts are stopped by Bocatan, who questions the captain about the dark saber. He kills himself. No. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very. That's dark. <laughs> that's a good. Say, that's sir. a good <laughs> sentence. Three words, very to the point. Uh, he Bo- <laughs> did he kill himself because of the question about the dark saber? <laughs> 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 Bocatan directs the Mandalorian to meet the, the Jedi Ahsoka Tano Rosaria Dawson in the city of Caladan. On the forest planet of Corvus. With the Razor Crest partially repaired, the Mandalorian and the Child mm-hmm. continue on their journey. I don't know if you count that repaired. It's like he- held together by like fishing twine yeah. and like <laughs> tape. <laughs> I was going to say, we got so much right here in this episode. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We had the two cameos that we were expecting to happen, happen with Bo Katan and Ahsoka Tano. Right. When they said that we're going to have, you know, people in, in the show that, you know, pretty much callbacks from uh, Clone Clone Wars. Wars, you immediately thought of Ahs- Ahsoka Tano. And then in the back of your mind, is, you're like, is, you know, this is a Mandalorian. So, Mm mm-hmm. Bo Katan. The age, age fits, right? Being played by the person that voiced her, mm-hmm. unlike Ahsoka. Right.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, in that little behind the scenes thing, katie sackoff is interviewed and she's like when i started working on clone wars dave filoni was said like you know this could be an adapted into live action one day and maybe you'll get to play this character and she just got kind of like laugh it off I'm like yeah right i'm just a cartoon or something and then so like when she comes onto set to play a live action version he's like <laughs> what i tell you
2: <laughs> and this is like whatever 15 years later or yeah. something i was surprised i really didn't cool. know the background but i did watch clone wars and i'm like hey that's the clone wars lady uh that's where i made the connection mm-hmm. the first time i saw it and i'm like oh then that means the dark saber okay yeah all right, this is all making sense yes. now so i made that connection mm-hmm. but that was pretty cool yeah
0: it took me a minute i remembered the character but i had to go back and draw my memory to like who she was, because I, I just remember, yeah, that character existed. But what what was she doing again? Because it's been
2: a while since I watched yeah, the Clone Yeah, I, I knew she just had the Darksaber. That's the only thing I knew. I could remember yeah. if she was fighting with it.
1: Yeah, but it's not it's not that big unless you watch Rebels. Rebels is where the Darksaber has a lot of mm. oh, really? backstory. And uh, another character from Rebels might be making an appearance in Mandalorian 3 from what we're hearing. But Ooh. who knows? Um, also... Ashley uh, Eckstein, who voiced Ahsoka Tano, is the whitest person I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably why she didn't play. Ahsoka yeah, Tano.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if she
1: does. She do act like a lot of acting, like live action acting. Yes, I don't know. I just see her. The only thing is that just the voice actor for Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and then has like uh, a couple things, I guess. Right.
0: Like, I feel bad that she didn't get to play the character, but I think Rosario Dawson's, like, the perfect choice. Yeah.
2: A lot of voice actors for
1: cartoons and whatnot, they never do live action. It's it's yeah. very difficult. It's a whole yeah. different thing. Yeah. So she does have a lot of things, but voice actors. And she had a, She was in the That 70s Show, one episode. She was in Drake and Josh for an episode. But a lot of the stuff she did were just voice roles, like Sokka for Clone Wars. She was in Sophia the First as Mia the Bluebird. She played a part on Robot Chicken, <laughs> things like that. Rebels. She was Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. So,
0: and they're uh, adding this character, knowing that they're going to do a whole spinoff. Do you want this girl that's barely done any live action acting, or do you want someone known that is like a known commodity and a known name, and she's proven proven herself as an actor too? Take on the role and
1: lead the series. So, especially since they were planning a spinoff from the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, back to the episode a little bit. The battle on the ship itself was kind of boring, right? You thought there was a whole lot of action, but with the Mandalorian armor, like they were just pretty much like ricocheting the laser beams off. And, like... <laughs> yeah. But you know, it moved the story. It did its thing.
0: We're gonna move the story right now to chapter twelve, uh, the siege, directed by carl weathers
1: what,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> the razor crest requires further repairs before it can reach corvus so the mandalorian and the child take a detour to navarro where they are reunited with their allies cara dune gina carano and grief cargo Karga, played by carl weathers While the Razor Crest is being repaired, the Mandalorian is shown how much things have improved in Navarro since he was last there under a Starward ship of Karga as Magistrate and Dune as Marshal. The last challenge that they are facing is the remaining Imperial base on the planet and the Mandalorian agrees to help them destroy it. They discover that the base is being used as a laboratory by Dr. Pershing Ahmed uh, I. Uh, to conduct experiments with the child's blood, which has a high M count. I wonder what, wonder that, what that could stand for.
1: <laughs> Midichlorians?
0: Probably. Hmm. I, they just don't want to use that word, I guess. Yeah. It's got a bad connotation to it. Uh, they destroy the base and uh, some, with some help from Mithril, played by Horatio Sands, and escape Pursued by stormtroopers on speeder bikes and TIE Fighters, Dune and Karga manage to stop the speeder bike while the Mandalorian destroys the TIE Fighters with the repaired Razor Crest. The Mandalorian and the child leave for Corvus, unaware that the Imperial spy has planted a tracker on the Razor Crest for Moff Gideon. Pretty cool high-action episode. I like them uh, breaking into that base and Horatio Sands adding some comedy. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, this is another episode that doesn't really add anything. It just like brings back some characters from the first season, and we get to see what what they're up to. But I don't really know that it pushes the story ahead at all. Except he just goes there to get his ship repaired. Yeah.
1: And again, like the ice place mountain battle scene to make the sh- the episode watchable.
0: Yeah, and they're all fun episodes. I don't care that. that They're kind of useless. I I enjoyed watching every episode, but there's not much to talk about. Nothing really
2: pushed the story ahead. So, I mean, we covered it in that little... Yeah, they were finding, they got some information. So, yeah. All right, moving on to Chapter 13, The Jedi. Directed by Dave Filoni. The Mandalorian and the Child arrive at the city of Caledon on the planet Corvus to find the population living in fear of the city's magistrate, Morgan Elsbeth played by Diana Lee Innosanto, and her guards, including a hired mercenary named Lang, played by Michael Biehn. Elspeth offers to give the Mandalorian a spear of Beskar steel in exchange for killing Ahsoka. The Mandalorian finds Ahsoka outside the town and presents the child to her. Using the force, Ahsoka determines that the child's name is Grogu, and that he had begun training as a Jedi before the rise of the Empire. She agrees to continue his training if the Mandalorian helps to defeat Elsbeth. They overpower the guards, free the citizens, and the Mandalorian kills Lang. Ahsoka confronts Elsbeth and demands to know the whereabouts of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Afterwards, Ahsoka refuses to train Groku due to his close attachment to the Mandalorian. Instead, she directs them to an ancient temple on the planet Tython, where Grogu can use the Force to find other Jedi and decide his own fate. She also gives the spear to the Mandalorian. So this I this was a
1: big episode. Yeah, this was awesome. Thrawn.
2: Thrawn? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, Rebels. Ah. He is the main protagonist in Rebels. Okay.
0: I knew the name sounded familiar, but I, I couldn't picture him.
1: His blue and red eyes. Oh, Dude. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I remember that guy. Uh,
0: yeah, just the reveal of Ahsoka is pretty awesome. Like, the two lightsabers mm-hmm. like in the mist and all that. Fortunately, it was spoiled for me that she was on it, but they already said a couple episodes before that he was going to see her, oh, right. so I knew she'd be popping up eventually anyway, but
2: it's, yeah. just yeah. to get those lightsabers back, that was I'm, pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And Michael Bean is from the original Terminator. I didn't even recognize him in this movie. He's john connor's father Uh, from the future didn't
1: know that until i read the the cast list i was like oh wait that's that's that guy holy shit yeah that entire scene like it was fun he's also in aliens by the way yes he so when he decides to go in and talk to them everyone's like so timid and afraid and Mm -hmm. he's just looking around like what's going on Um, And then, like, when he agrees, and I was like, God, he's just going to play her. But Jesus, like, from the outside view, that looks bad, you know? Yeah. It's like he's okay with what's happening here. But I'm glad he ransacked the town and freed the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Figured Very out how to get good those people out of the traps and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah I like how he, there's, like, Ahsoka fighting... Elsbeth, mm-hmm. and then Mando like flying around trying to free everybody and kill those robots or those guards or
1: whatever yeah. they were. Yep. Uh, and like in, in like in back of my mind, I'm thinking, I hope he gets that Beskar. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to see him with that so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping that still happens, and he got it, so it was nice. And then when Ahsoka met Grogu and the whole exchange
2: they had, and I thought she kind of. Oh, yes. Wimped out and be like, "Oh no, he's just like Anakin. I can't train him. He's too attached to you. He'll turn to the dark side." Like, oh my gosh, that's everybody's fear with that. (laughs)
0: Because
2: I know I came up with. Like, I get where she's coming
0: from because she has the
2: experience of like her master. But but it's like she goes, "There's not many of us
0: Jedi's left. Fuck this one. I'm done." (laughs) It's like (laughs) trying to save him. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. You have the opportunity to. Do something different.
2: Yeah, she said as he flies yeah. away, there's not many of us left. But good luck with that one. like <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Foreshadowing. Yep. All right, I think this is one of the better episodes, for sure. Yeah, Good yeah, story, totally. good
2: action, good resolve. We finally get the reveal, the name of the child.
1: Mm-hmm. But still baby Yoda to most yep. people. <laughs> oh, forever. forever. Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Directed by Robert Rodriguez. So you know it's good. The Mandalorian takes Grogu to an ancient temple on Tython and places him on the scene stone at the center. Grogu meditates and is surrounded by a protective energy field. Boba Fett soon arrives with the mercenary Fennec Shand or mi who the Mandalorian had previously left for dead on Tatooine. Fett explains that the armor worn by Cobb Vanth belongs to him as his father, Jango was a Mandalorian foundling. The Mandalorian agrees to return the armor in exchange for the safety of Grogu. After a quite a bit of discussion, mm-hmm. I might add, he didn't willingly agree to it. Just as Moff Gideon arrives and displays the stormtroopers, Fett, Fennec, and the Mandalorians repel the stormtrooper attacks, during which time Grogu finishes meditating and the energy force field around him disappears. Gideon destroys the Razor Crest from the orbit, before deploying the droid Dark Troopers, who succeed in capturing Grogu. To honor their deal, Fett and Fennec promise to help the Mandalorian get Grogu back. They travel in Fett's ship Slave One, to Navarro and help Dunes, or ask for Dunes' help in breaking criminal Ming Mayfield, or Bilber, out of the New Republic prison. Uh, this is another one of my favorite mm-hmm. episodes,
0: I think. We yeah, finally absolutely. get to see Boba Fett be a badass that we were promised yes.
1: um, in like 1980. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It gave people who liked Boba Fett a reason to like Boba mm-hmm. Fett. Yeah. Before, like, it was just. It was
0: just a cool helmet that. <laughs> that's one no thing to
1: like. There's no reason for it either. We're mm-hmm. like, why do we like him so much? We, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> now there's something. He,
0: he was a mysterious background guy, and then now he actually gets to be the badass we were promised, and that's. Pretty cool, and I also like that Ming Na Wen came back mm-hmm. from the first season, and I'm hoping that she's on the Book of Boba Fett spinoff. I they kind of set that up at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, it seemed closing like credits.
1: It, yeah, the, uh in the credit they had her next to him in the in, mm-hmm. the, in the temple. So and they did not the temple, uh, the hut farm. They did foreshadow this. Was it in season
2: one where she was left for dead, and yes. then the feet of We didn't know who it was at the time, but obviously Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, yeah. This episode started off with him rescuing her. Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. that's right. I couldn't remember when they put that little clip in there. And
0: then we've got Grogu on his phone call (laughs) most of the episode. (laughs) I thought that was his Jedi powers, funny because he's like, okay, nothing's
1: happening, and then he turns around and he's like, (laughs) all zend out and like just
0: with a bubble around him.
1: Yeah, it's like he didn't like he didn't know what to do, and then all of a sudden he was doing it.
0: Yeah, like pretty much anything Yoda, Baby Yoda does is it's like he doesn't know what he's doing, and then all of a sudden doing he's it. doing something that's really cool.
1: And it's good that he had all his keepsakes out of the Razor Crest before <laughs> he got blowed yeah. up.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I screamed no, like I was Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader when that thing blew <laughs> no. up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, that's like a character from the show oh, that just got killed. That's my favorite ship. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: I have that ship in Lego form. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now he's going to have like, a, an, hopefully he's flying around in one of those Slave 1 ships that mm-hmm. Boba mm-hmm. Fett
1: has.
2: Find an extra one laying around yeah, somewhere. that's The, the mm-hmm.
1: Slave 1 is also like a favorite character of people. So, oh. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice that he was... It's know, just so cool how it like takes off and turns into flies a and flies. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy flying thing. A little A flying Jedi helmet. Yeah. <laughs> but those those killer droid trooper things, those are
2: badass. Those
1: are- yeah. They're from a video game.
0: One of one video game. they they were introduced in like Battle Droids or something. But yeah. Those things are pretty mm-hmm. scary. They seem like some anime type thing with how the way they fly around with the little jet feet yeah <laughs> a
2: little right. iron man's flying around <laughs>
0: yeah all right moving on chapter 15 the believer directed by rick fomiyama fumiya he also directed from one of the episodes in the first season dune uses her new credentials as a marshal of the new republic to transfer mayfield and ex imperial from prison to her custody he agrees to locate moff gideon's cruiser but needs access to an internal terminal internal <laughs> terminal He suggests a secret Imperial mining hub on Morak. There Mayfield and Mandalorian hijack a transport carrying the explosive mineral Rhydonium, and they manage to reach the mining facility despite the attacks from local pirates. They get Gideon's coordinates from the terminal, but the Mandalorian is forced to remove his helmet in front of others for the first time uh, since he took his mandalorian oath they the pair are confronted by mayfield's old imperial commanding officer whom mayfield kills when he gloats about atrocities committed by the empire empire of empire in operation cinder mayfield and the mandalorian escape with the help of fennec dune and fett dune decides to let mayfield go the mandalorian sends gideon a transmission warning that he is coming for grogu Paraphrasing a similar speech that Gideon had previously given, which I didn't realize until now.
1: <laughs> this episode's nice. It was a good one. Yeah,
0: this whole last half of the season is packed with great episodes. For sure.
1: Yeah, for the first eight, ep- four, sorry, for the first four episodes, it's kind of like, uh, okay, it's happening, and then it's the final setup, f- like final five or final four, it's just like boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. Watchability through the roof. Mm-hmm. I really like
2: Mayfield i like bill burr i mean (laughs) yeah he just plays himself in this and it's like (laughs) okay it's kind of funny but i think he does a great job (laughs) he blends in well with this ragtag team of heroes whatever you want to call them but yeah this is really neat that they all kind of teamed up here and played this off and then really to see old mando like start shaking like as he took his helmet off like you know what am I doing I'm breaking my oath for this this." child shame on me questioning everything he ever believes in at that moment Mm -hmm. I mean Pedro did a great job acting there it's just like man you could really see it in his face but that was pretty cool
0: he's like well what do I really stand for if just wearing this helmet will allow this child to be killed Mm -hmm. or escape my grasp forever or whatever like is it worth it to just not take my right. hand all that plays out on his face
2: and just the suspense like are they going to get caught are they not going to get caught and then yeah mm-hmm. that was really cool
0: and i also like the whole scene of them driving that truck and like the pirates uh-huh. coming and like
2: the top of the moving vehicle they can't drive too
0: fast because <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll explode if they exceed speeds so they're like the movie mm-hmm. speed mm-hmm. i kind of feel bad for the pirates because yeah. Normally I would want you to take down the Empire, yeah, but not, not this one, but in this case, these are actually the good guys. <laughs> and I like how at the end of the episode, Bill Burr like blows up the whole one shot facility. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why don't
2: we just do that to begin with? It's like, oh, but, ye- okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you he needed to get information from info the terminal. That's funny. They just have these little terminals but- all over the place and that you can check in and do that. <laughs>
0: You praised us for delivering all your explosive materials. Now that I'm out of or now that I'm done here, I'm going to explode all the materials you guys made for
1: <laughs> bringing. Yeah, the uh superior officer, uh Valen Hess, mm-hmm. was played by Richard Brake or Richard Colin Brake, and he has the most punchable face. <laughs> he does. <laughs> like he played Joe Chill in Batman Begins. Okay. Oh, really? Wow. And, oh, I just wanted to punch him <laughs> right in his fucking nose. He's also in the music video uh, Knights of Syndonia for the Muse. Mm. Uh, he's, uh, I've never seen that one. He's the bad sheriff guy that <laughs> the main person of the Muse takes out for the lady. So Yeah, when they're having that little drink together in the cafeteria or
0: whatever the heck with that guy, it, the tension is so high. And I'm like, you shouldn't kill this guy, but I really want you to kill right. this guy. So like, when he shoots him in the head, it's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, but yes, now kill the rest of these people. <laughs> you got the information you need, and these people are assholes. Dude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Moving on. Chapter 16, The Rescue. Directed by Peyton Reed. Director of Ant-Man. Ah, there we go. I'm glad you guys know all this. I don't know who any of these directors are. So... <laughs> The Mandalorian and Dune board an imperial shuttle and capture Dr Pershing. They enlist the help of Bocatan and Cosca Reeves played by Mercedes Varnado to rescue Grogu. In return, Bocatan gets Gideon's cruiser and the dark saber and the Mandalorian Mandalorian considers helping them to liberate Mandalore. They use the shuttle to get close enough to crash land on Gideon's cruiser with Fett pretending to attack them in Slave 1. Bocatan, Cosca Fennec and Dune fight through stormtroopers to the cruiser's bridge. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian finds the Dark Troopers, barely defeats one of them with the Beskar spear, and ejects the rest into space. He fights Gideon with the spear and overpowers them off, making him the new rightful owner of the Dark Saber. The Dark Troopers fly back onto the ship, but are all destroyed by Luke Skywalker, spoiler alert, Mark Hamill, and some other guy. <laughs> I forget what his name is, but the young dude... The- body uh jedi that grogu contacted on tython we all knew that as soon as that little ship was flying and the x-wing was coming and it's like ah, oh, we all know who this is yep the mandalorian gives grogu permission <laughs> only one jedi he flies an x-wing <laughs> the mandalorian gives grogu permission to go with skywalker and r2d2 to complete his training later Fett and fennec travel to jabba's palace in taljuin where Fett kills bib fortuna Played by Matthew Wood and claims the throne to set off the spin off series of Boba Fett or Fett Boba. I don't know. Uh, the, the Book, Bo- of, Boba book of Boba Fett or, Fett.
1: or technically the book, the book, book of, of Fett. Fett, the book of Fett. I yeah.
2: thought just Fett was in there somewhere.
1: Um I literally jumped out of my seat <laughs> over the back of the couch and did like a, a soccer goal slide across my floor <laughs> when she was like, who's that? What's this? Oh, it's just a one X-Wing. I was like, (gasps) (gasps) oh, shit, oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, no. So then I missed, of course, Uh, Cara Dune's like, oh, only one ship? Yay, we're saved. And sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Saw that. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I hate that
0: that was spoiled for me. I knew Luke Skywalker saved the day, but I was trying to think if I would have put together that that's the other Jedi that's alive. You would have. That's really
1: the only yeah. explanation. Because it's like who? Once I who saw else? the X
0: wing, I would have.
1: But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll before that, ex- I was like, hmm, "What I thought of did him. it for me." So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I literally, that's why yeah. I jumped because all the X wing. <laughs> but when Ahsoka's like, "There's not many left of us," I'm like, "Who Duh. could that be? Luke? Yeah, Leia?"
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I always forget the timeline. Like, when is this show taking place? And I have to think it's after. Jedi, but before Force Awakens, so it's whatever Jedi are alive in,
1: during that. So Luke and Leia are the it. only ones we know of, <laughs> and Ben, little Ben. It's, I don't know if he's born yet. I don't know either. But but does this mean that he died? When Who did? Who died? Grogu. When things were happening, and Ben Solo killed all oh, the yeah. rest and, of them. Oh, did Ben kill Grogu? kill Grogu? <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm glad he's dead. Oh, no. asshole. <laughs>
0: Maybe Ray will put her hand
1: on him and bring him back to life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's a power that Jedi had. Anakin saw that. And he's like, you fucking lied to me. You said okay, the dark side can revive people. <laughs> Liars. No, this is exciting. Um Basically using the Fantastic. the, the best cards, uh, spear to fend for himself and, uh, basically really fighting to his death about, you know, doing everything he can to fend off one of those little, little itty bitty dark troopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Fighting. There's like 20 on the other side of that door and he's just fighting this one and it takes it like all of Jeez. his might.
1: <laughs> it kicks his ass. <sighs> oh man. And, and,
0: and his fight with Moff Gideon was incredible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I know a lot of people, when I was reading reviews on this, that those whole dark troopers that they thought that was such a waste, that how Luke Skywalker could easily come in and destroy him. I'm like, because it's fucking Luke Skywalker. I'm like, he's like the like strongest one. A Jedi, and, of course. But they probably just watching the new movies where he's just a whiny bitch. Um, And yeah. I'm like, no, he is the strongest. If you watch the first three original movies, like, come on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know why people are so upset. Be like, oh, they did all that build for nothing. I'm like, no, they did. And they proved it that Luke Skywalker is a badass. They, so
0: they showed how strong he is by the way he could exactly. take out this whole ship of dark troopers. <laughs> it's like that was the whole Ugh. point. Like uh, everyone would have died on that ship if it
2: w- he did not show up. Yeah, It was just cool all around. And, of course, the goodbye scene. He took his helmet off to say goodbye to Grogu so he could see his face.
0: Yeah, so this—that's the question. When will we see Grogu
2: again? He—he he is Whoa. the show. So I—I I was fully content if they just end it now. <laughs> I mean, they wrapped everything yeah. up, and I'm looking forward to that—the Boba Fett series—and be like, cool, that's where we're going now. I'm like, oh, they're going to do mm-hmm. a third season with what? <laughs> well, they're—they're going to retake right, they're gonna go do that.
0: With, I think that'll be cool to see. It'll be a whole different type of show. I feel like. Yeah. The, what we've been watching, but I still think it's going to be really cool. Yeah.
1: And potentially, if they do that, then Sabine will be in it. Sabine Wren, Ahsoka, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Ezra, like Ezra Bridger, mm-hmm. maybe. Ezra would be one of the few Jedi surviving. True. Mm-hmm. I hate him, but, you know, he's <laughs> surviving. But the Wren family, I mean,. Technically, at the end of Rebels, before A New Hope, the Wren family's in control of Mandalore.
0: Will we? I was going to see. If, will we ever see like a Captain Rex
1: or any of the clone, like uh, the bad the Bad Batch, in live action? That would be awesome if we did. Yeah, but they're so old in Rebels, though. Yeah. So I don't know because Rex is in Rebels. Well, we could see him in like flashbacks on a show, Ahsoka. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if they'll do something like that. That's, that's potential. Uh, have you
0: seen all of the? Call outs on like Twitter's for um, Sebastian Stan to play a young Luke Skywalker in like a spinoff series. No,
1: mm. I did not. That'd be cool. I stand <laughs> for
0: Stan. <laughs> I feel like I, I this they did the face swap thing with the two of them, and I was like, they didn't even change anything. It's <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm all for that. And then S- uh, Sebastian Stan was like, well, if Mark Hamill gives me the okay, I'll I'll for sure do it. And Mark Hamill's like, well, I don't really have that authority to cast <laughs> shows, but it's like, whatever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh actually yeah, I've seen I've seen this the face swap, the the deep deep fakes. The deep fake, yeah. Um I didn't know what it was for, but I saw the deep fake stuff, yeah. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of that going around. I'm like, well, that would have been better than have this cartoon Luke Skywalker show oh, up
1: because <laughs> it didn't look that great.
2: That again, like, just have oh. an actor play him. I mean, if he wasn't, <laughs> if he didn't have to move his face, yeah, it looks great. But mm-hmm. as long as he <laughs> yeah. didn't talk, it always looks great. But the deepfake
0: stuff looks so much so better. Much. They just deepfaked that scene with Mark Hamill's face, and it, it looked, looked so looked much better a lot more real <laughs> over yeah.
2: that cartoon. Disney,
0: I think that's it. The, other, the only other thing was, I was like, just kill Moff Gideon already. Stop. <laughs> Stop letting him like get up, and like he, he's going to just cause more problems, exactly. just kill him. But it's
2: Giancarlo, it's Posito,
0: so we're not going to get rid yeah. of Giancarlo. I mean, he's a great actor, and I like the character, but it's like, why drag this guy around? He's going to break free and then cause exactly. more problems. And
1: uh, I was trying to see if I can find any background information on the Book of Fet. Um Not from the, the book, I'm, I'm not really talking about that one, but for the series that is confirmed, there's nothing... Other than the journey of a legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett continues following his reintroduction, and that's it. And there's two people cast, so it doesn't really have any like premise or plot just yet. Just that I thought it was doing the thing.
0: cool. The Bib Fortuna is has been in he, he's been around since the original trilogy, that character. And Matthew Wood played that character in Phantom Menace for the like during the pod race scene, and now that he's in charge, he's all fat so it's like a thing jabba was a big fat guy in charge now uh bib fortuna has put on a bunch of weight because he's just the king in charge so i thought that was kind of funny
1: i had to like go back to remember who bib fortuna was but
0: he's got like that snake yeah yeah that comes
1: out of his head and goes around his neck yeah and a big like bulbous (laughs) sack under his neck i'm pretty excited I yeah. they they keep talking about Mando three and then they keep talking about the Book of Fett. So it's like what are we talking here? Are we talking a Mando three or is a Book of Fett technically Mando three? I think
0: Boba Fett is a spin-off I know, just like Ahsoka I know. will be. And then the, it's just like a whole world like at the MCU and now it's right. the Right the Star Wars universe on
1: but I mean like keith said earlier are they going to continue and that's what i'm thinking yeah, right. if, if if anyone is talking about mando 3 are they really talking about the book mm-hmm. of fett yeah who knows um, so the book is called the book of fett but the actual tv series is the book of boba fett so mm-hmm. you're both all right okay.
0: cool i'm excited for all that for shit. sure i gotta start watching the bad batch mm-hmm. yep comes out very the excited f- for that fourth right yep a couple days i believe
1: Yep. Cool. next time i think we're talking about the clone wars yep be good which is pretty exciting and lengthy it might be a span yeah <laughs> of episodes or just one really really long episode So just have to
0: rush get all our thoughts out and <laughs> well I'll talk there's a lot each of filler other.
2: in that too so we could
1: just get some of the yeah, main stuff is. out yeah maybe just talk like here's what happens See, this season. season recaps <laughs> yeah that's season recaps
0: that's yeah, kind of yeah. what my notes are for it i think the last seasons five six seven are really when it gets good and maybe there's more to discuss but we'll find that out in a couple of weeks or next week next time
1: yep all right so all right sounds until good. then drink up drink
0: up geek and also geek out geek out, hey, hey, geek out yeah